Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant collaboration of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we are here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim, from bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises. Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of the wonderful memoir, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. We are proud to have ZooMed Laboratories as the founding sponsor of Exotic Pets. ZooMed has earned its reputation as the number one reptile and amphibian supplier in the world from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man who still runs it. Renowned as the international leader in UVB and heat lighting, ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools in the U.S., which they test on their own collection of animals, which surround everyone at headquarters. We're also sponsored by Oxbow Animal Health, the one brand that has stood out for more than 30 years as the leader in health and wellness for small mammals. Veterinarians, rescues, and passionate pet parents worldwide trust Oxbow to support the health and happiness of their small pets. Oxbow provides for rabbits and guinea pigs, ferrets and chinchillas, hamsters and gerbils, mice and rats, because these small pets have big hearts and require special nutrition and care. Oxbow has everything needed for their best life, the right hay and nutritionally complete foods, treats and supplements, litter and bedding, and a whole line of enrichment products created so your little loved ones can chew, play, hide, and explore every day. We're also brought to you by the bird food specialist Zupreme, which started with a revolutionary yet simple idea, provide exceptional diets for extraordinary animals. Best known as the bird nutrition specialist, Zupreme creates many foods for birds of all sizes, and they also make a variety of treats to appeal to every sort of bird and enhance their lives. Are exotic pets hypoallergenic? Are they the solution to people who might be allergic to a cat or a dog? Well, I don't think, by the way, that that's a reason to get an exotic pet. You've got to have a lot better reason than that. But Dr. Doug, you need to clear up some of the myths that people have that anything that slithers or flies or creeps or crawls or swims is doesn't have might not have an allergic cause or an allergic reaction in some people. That's not entirely true, is it? No, and and I think that's a really really good question, Tracy, and it's a question I get commonly from moms actually because you know they have children and they find out that their children have allergies and the doctor says they can't have pets. And to me, that's an anathema, and it's just like one of the worst things that you ever want to hear because that human-animal bond is so important. But there's no reason to tell a child they can't have a pet because there are options out there, but you need to understand what your options are and understand the limitations of those options. But before we jump in to start listing all the different pets that are good to have, let me just point out something about allergies because everybody 
when you say allergy, you see, you think of the TV commercial and the person running through the field of flowers and then they take <laughs> the antihistamine and then the world is perfect, right? It's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. Allergies are basically our immune system and our immune system is making an antibody to a protein. And so in the case of the person running through the field, it might be a protein in ragweed or something like that. Okay? Right. Uh, I'm highly allergic to shellfish. So like if you give me a lobster or a crab, I'm toast. All right. But I'm allergic to the protein that's in the, in the shellfish. And so when people are allergic to pets, think, oh, well, they're allergic to the fur, they're allergic to the feathers, they're allergic to the dander. And yes, that is true, but they're actually allergic to the protein that is found in the fur and the feather and the dander. Got it. But you have to remember the key word there is protein. So let me use a bee sting as an example, okay? Yep. If you have a person that's truly allergic to a bee sting, okay, they're not allergic to the bee. They're not allergic to the, the little hairs on the bee. What they're allergic to is the protein in the bee saliva. And so when they get bitten by the bee, the body, the immune system reacts to the protein in the saliva. Well, if you're not allergic, you have a swelling, it gets red, it gets hot, it's uncomfortable, it hurts, you take an aspirin, it goes away. Yep. If you are truly allergic, where you have what's called an anaphylactic reaction, which is life or death, your body reacts to that protein. And you're, you know, every, every body, every animal has a, what's called a shock organ. So like in humans, it might be the lungs. So if you get bitten by a bee, your throat swells up, you can't breathe, and then you die. Yes. And that's obviously very serious, right? Because there's no coming back from that. So taking that idle information now, and let's apply it toward exotic pets. So I, I've seen online where people say, well, parakeets or budgies are really, really good because they're hypoallergenic. Well, that's not true. They still have feathers and they still have dander. Now, are they as allergenic as something like a cockatoo? No, they're not because A, a budgie small, a cockatoo is right. big. Right. And if you're familiar with things like cockatoos, they have a ton of dander. I mean, typically oh. you pick up a white cockatoo, you've got white powder all over your clothes and hands when you're done if that bird is healthy. And that's oftentimes, that protein is the source of a lot of the allergies that people have. Um, there's also something called bird handler's disease or feather disease or bird fancier's lung. It goes by a bunch of different names. And that's from people that get super sensitive to birds but again it's not just the feathers or the dander but it's also the protein in their urine and in the protein in their poop so wow. let's say a bird poops in a cage and then the poop dries and then it it becomes airborne aerosolized airborne yeah. you know, and their clients cleaning it um and they breathe in that protein they can have a reaction to the poop okay. that is very okay. so, very so, surprising yeah. is a parakeet hypoallergenic no, it's just less allergen than something like a macaw or a cockatoo. I've seen things like, oh, hamsters are great because hamsters are hypoallergenic. Well, once again, it's just a smaller source of protein. They still have fur. They have a little bit of dander, but not much, but they do pee and they do poo. So there's proteins there that they can react to. I've heard the same thing about ferrets because they say that ferrets don't shed and they don't have dander. But again, ferrets still have pee and poo. So you could potentially have a reaction to the proteins in their pee and poo. So how does that extrapolate things like reptiles? Right. I remember you and I had a conversation one time and you said that you had a friend or somebody you interviewed that got a corn snake because yes. they needed a hypoallergenic pet. And okay, let's analyze that. Snakes don't have feathers. Good. They don't have fur. <laughs> Good. They don't have dander. 
good. Okay, so we're doing really well here. But <laughs> snakes still pee, snakes still poo. So they still can aerosolize the proteins in their wow. pee and in their poo, and that could potentially cause an allergy. I read a really interesting article one time about, um, it was in one of the medical journals about hypoallergenic pets, and they, they listed all of these different pets. And I think you'll, as soon as I see it, you're going you're to have the aha moment. But one of the ones that was listed was actually the iguana. And this was published before bearded dragons came popular. So I'm sure we could extrapolate this to bearded dragons. And they looked and they compared um, children um, with, you know, dog allergies, cat allergies, bird allergies, rabbit allergies, um, and then iguana allergies. And only about 15% of the kids that had allergies to these other species, they did develop allergies to iguanas. And they did a bunch of research to figure out why. And as it turned out, as I just mentioned, they were developing allergies to the poop. And what they found to be the most cause of the allergies was the iguana urine, that there were proteins in the urine, <coughs> excuse me, that were um, causing these children to have reactions. So they can develop allergies to reptile pets. So it's interesting. There is no one perfect pet with one exception. And you, do you want to guess? you want to take a guess? Oh, my God. I would like to, but I'm not going to. Don't, I don't feel up to. Oh, I know. Uh, maybe your turtle. How about your turtle named nope. Tracy? They no. still poop. They still. Oh, yeah, they do. Fish. Uh, fish. Oh, yeah, of course. Fish. Fish are the ones because they poop and pee, but they pee in the water. So you're not going to have the aerosolization. Right. Uh, of the poo and the pea proteins from the fish. Um, now, again, some people might be allergic to the fish if they eat them, but we're talking about the human-animal bond here. So, <laughs> Please don't, don't eat your beta fish. fish. Um, <laughs> but they're saying, you know, and, and, and fish do fulfill that need for the human-animal bond. We talk, we've, well, we've talked yes. about that you know, on a lot of our, 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 our podcasts. And I remember as a kid growing up, one of the first I'm going to call it a set of pets that I had because it was a fish tank. I had multiple fish in there. I love those fish, you know, and it's a great way to teach a child responsibility. They have to care for that animal. They got to change the water. They got to clean it. They got to feed them every day. They got to turn the lights on in the morning, turn the lights off at night to give them names. They learn personalities. So you can have a very powerful, very strong human animal bond with fish. And the nice thing is a child that ha does have severe allergies it's not going to have an allergy to something like a fish. That's so. per that's perfect. And the betta fish is of great fascination. And I think that Zoomed even makes a magnifier that can go on the, I guess, the outside of the tank so that you can see even more closely what the betta fish looks like and what it's doing. Oh, yeah. Because they're small, right? Yeah, and they have betta fish are awesome because they have incredible personalities. And really? people forget that you can see into the tank and they see out of the tank. So fish recognize their owners, absolutely, hands oh down. Oh, my god! You would never convince me that that's not true. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, fish fish make great pets. You, you know, you really are that guy that could make a pet of a rock. Remember when there were pet rocks? <laughs> you could. <laughs> you you can find the humanity or the, the, the personhood in anything living. So just a quick question about saliva. Because when you mentioned saliva early on, that's actually what people are allergic to in cats, which was only understood with some interesting research that was done. So the cat is constantly self-cleaning, and that saliva aerosolizes and is very sticky and goes all over your walls and your drapes and your ceiling. You don't see it, 
but it's there. So that's why you can go into a room and the cat has been removed, but the entire room is kind of an allergy bomb for those allergic to it. So would that not be true of these other creatures that the, that you might hold and would they nibble in a friendly way or lick you and would their saliva as well as their pee and poo cause that reaction, whether it's a hamster, Absolutely, a ferret, chinchilla? Absolutely, is, is pure proteins. It's all right. your digestive proteins are in your salivas. And I think we'll end on this. One of the classic ones are the hedgehogs. Everybody's familiar with hedgehogs. Hedgehogs have this behavior called anting. And what they do is they've got this enormously long tongue. And when they groom, they lick their quills. And, wow. you know, they're, they're a prey species. And, they, you know, they're little benign little insect, insectivores. And the way they protect themselves is if a predator like a dog, a cat, or a bigger animal comes by, they extend their quills and then they jump up. And then they poke the quills into the nose of the, the prey or the predator. Cool. But after they've licked all the quills with their saliva, the saliva has a protein in it that causes an extremely painful allergic reaction in their predator. And so to answer your question that you just brought up, saliva is heavily, heavily antigenic. So you do have to be careful with that. So the, so the other, it, it wouldn't do you enough good for the pee and poo cleanup to wear gloves because it's the airborne aspect. You should wear a mask just like you do when you're, you know, you're out in public if sometimes in crowded spaces, well, listen, Tracy, it's always been great talking to you, and you know, you've always got the best ideas, so I look forward to our next one. Thank you, Doug, and you always have the best answers. Thank you guys for listening, and just keep all these allergy issues in mind if you are a very allergic person or have a very allergic child. doesn't mean you can't have a pet. You just got to be careful. Dr. Doug Mater and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets and our desire to educate and inspire you to give your exotics their best possible life. This show is brought to you by the wonderful companies that cater to the needs of exotic pets. From Zubad Laboratories, where they make everything you need to keep your reptiles and amphibians in tip-top shape, to Oxbow Animal Health, with health and wellness solutions for small mammals, and Zupreme, the company dedicated to your bird's nutrition. And if you haven't read Dr. Doug's book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, yet, do yourself a favor and pick up a copy.